You're listening to The Tech Box. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of The Tech Box. Uh, this is James Honeywell, and I have with me Richard Yates. How are you doing, Richard? I'm good, thank you. Good morning, James. Good morning, everybody. How's the weather over in your place? Yeah, it's interesting. I think we have more snow than almost anywhere I've been. I mean, for example, as, as I look out the window on Sunday morning, we still have packed ice on the road. Uh, it is now at least clearing, but but uh, certainly when I, when I came back up from uh, Milton Keynes the other day, I was expecting it would all have gone, and there's actually still in my back garden quite a lot of ice so not gone yet although it's much warmer today so let's hope that today clears it and gets rid of it i was planning to come up to your neck of the woods last sunday but uh, i abandoned ship and didn't bother you did the right thing yeah we, we had uh, more than 20 centimeters of snow which which we were talking about as a family and came to the conclusion was uh, the most in about 30 years um so certainly uh, my daughter is 27 we were talking to her and she said no i've never seen snow like that and um, so it really, it was really quite. It was really quite something, actually, quite pretty. I got some quite nice photos out the window of some quite unusual birds. We had a field fair out there, which is uh, a sort of Scandinavian visitor that normally stays in the countryside, but came in to eat some old apples off my apple tree. So that was quite nice. And um, it all looked very wow. sort of festive and uh, cold, and it was quite cold too. Looking nice and festive, and now just in the run up to Christmas, it all melts and goes a bit slushy. Yeah, it's pretty horrible actually. I mean, it, it, this morning it is melting, but it was it was like a, a sort of skate rink down down the uh, the cul-de-sac I live in so uh, I'll be glad to see see the back of it really it's not uh, not too nice so it's Christmas a time to think of others and we as the tech box will certainly be thinking of our friend co-host of tech talk uk podcast Nick Robinson and if you want to show your appreciation to the tech box tech talk uk or Nick's contribution to the community over the years please head to paypal.me slash ratcat and help him through this rather rocky period with his health and have you got anything to add to that, Richard? Well, well, just that, you know, Nick has given us all so much in, in many ways. And uh, Christmas is a good time to remember your friends. So if you, if you can find any donations, I'm sure Nick could be grateful. OK, so we're going to do a bit of a summary of the year today, uh, looking at what happened in 2017. So I think it's probably worth kicking off, Richard, with what's your view of 2017 overall then? Um... I think in terms of phones, it's been quite an interesting year, uh, in, in, and interesting for, in some ways, the wrong reasons, because I think we've kind of reached a point where an awful lot of phones are very, very similar in what they'll do. Um, but I think the thing that's most noticeable this year is, is the unfortunate Brexit effect. They've all gone noticeably more expensive in the last 12 months, haven't they? They have. I think when we had the Lenovo P2, which maybe we'll touch on later on, but that coming out for £200 seemed to reinforce that you could still get a cheap phone that was highly serviceable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so early in the year, things looked quite good, and uh, I was quite optimistic that the, the whole Brexit effect wasn't really going to stop those breakthrough phones coming in really cheaply. But since the P2, we haven't really seen that happen again have we no i mean i mean the p2 was replaced by a moto wasn't it which presumably came out of a very similar design workshop given that, that moto is owned by by lenovo but that wasn't anything like yeah. it's a good a phone you know it had a great big battery but was it half the ram if i remember rightly um uh, it just didn't sort of have the same uh, appeal as the p2 i mean the p2 for me was it would have been a a perfect spare phone, except that really I'm not a great fan of micro USB. Although you know, I've got over that on the whole, but but I just think, well, you know, if if you, if they put a, um, a USB C in there, I probably would still have kept it because I just get frustrated with micro USB, which is I know me being silly, but yeah, we all have our thing, don't we? I I, I adopted USB C perhaps too early. I've got loads of USB C cables, and and actually I'd. I'd more or less junked all of my uh, my micro USB cables. I had to go out and buy some more, which was a crazy situation. But um, no, great phone. The P2, great phone. I've I got to say, really, really good. I bought a USB cable uh, this week as well, which maybe I'll, I'll come on to that as well yeah. later on. So, yeah, USB, micro USB um, doesn't... I mean, I'm sympathetic to people who say everything should be USB-C now, but I think this transition is going to take a long time. And I'm I'm also worried i suppose that it's not going to be a hundred percent yeah the fact that we're still getting phones coming out with micro usb now suggests to me that there is 
or I'm worried that there is some cost aspect to it. And if there's some cost aspect to it, then there's always going to be some budget devices that come with micro USB. So are we saying that really budget devices will come with micro USB, the mid range and the top range will come with USB-C, Apple's will come with lightning, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone's got a different connector depending on what sector you're in. I, I, I'd sort of fear you're, you're right on that one. I mean, I think the reasons are various, aren't they? I mean, one is that USB-C is supposed to be a standard, and yet it now appears there's various flavours of it. Um, it. It came in, in in some ways in quite an alarming way because some of the first sort of generic cables that came out were frying devices. Um, I know I had a, a USB-C hub that was supposed to be you know, capable of charging that just simply didn't work. Um, and and the, the Chinese vendor was very sort of, well, you know, what do you expect? It's all new. And I sort of said, well, actually, I expect it to work because that's what you sold me. Um, I thought you were going to say there, what do you expect? It was 10 quid or something, you know, sort of uh, getting that it, straight from the vendor. It was about mouth. 30. They asked me if I'd like to keep it and they'd refund half the price. <laughs> and I said, well, no, because fundamentally it doesn't work. So that was all a bit, a bit silly, really. But, but I think the way USB-C has been brought in hasn't helped. Um, I, I think too, you know, it's easy to sort of say, well, let's adopt this new standard. I, I just think that anything that, that reduces the number of standards is is not a good thing. And USB-C is clearly ultimately going to come in. I can't I can't see that it will never completely re, um, come in. I think it will ultimately replace micro USB. So when when you get phones like the Honor Seven X, uh, well, I just sort of think to myself. Um, you know, this this is just a mistake. I don't understand why you would launch a phone in, in was it November or even early December? I can't remember which now. I think it was December, wasn't it? This month. Um, why would you launch a new phone with a, a micro USB uh, USB socket? Well, I don't think. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I've got I've had loads of Xiaomi phones, for example. You can't just say it's as simple as the Chinese market because because pretty much all of these Xiaomi phones, including the Mi Max Two, which I'm, I've got in front of me now. I've got USB-C. So it's not that, that USB-C doesn't exist in the Chinese market at all. Um, it, it's hard to know. So last, I think it's last Saturday, I stumbled across the Amazon treasure truck. I don't know if you're familiar no, no, with that. No, no, I've not heard of that. So it seems to be like a pop-up shop that does, uh, it pops up selling one mm. thing and it sells that one thing for the day wherever it pops up and then it drives somewhere uh, else. And uh. Well, it wouldn't have been able else. to get down my road for the last week. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was outside Charing Cross and there was this truck and it was selling the mini SNES. Oh, right, yeah. And so I thought, oh, great, these are hard to come by, so I'll, I'll buy one and I, I would have got one anyway if, if I've always said if I walked past one and it was on a shop shelf I'd get it so I did get it because they were selling it for 69 pounds which I think is about the cheapest that you can get them for because the scalpers will charge you 120 yeah. etc anyway uh cutting a long story short and the reason why I bought this uh, micro USB cable this week is that it takes a micro USB uh, power right. supply now Nintendo know that USB-C is the future in inverted commas because the switch comes with a USB-C power mm. supply. So again, this is, well, are they just saving X pence by going with micro USB? So this is why I've kind of got this thing in my head that says all of your headphones, all of your, uh, you know, little toys and, you know, things like the mini snares and things, are they just all going to, from now on, come with micro USB for cost reasons? And those kind of little knickknacks never making the transition to uh, USB-C. Uh, yeah, it really doesn't help, does it? I mean, I I, um, I recently bought a, a Qi charging stand, um, basically about the time I bought the iPhone X, um, and that comes with micro USB. And, and you just think, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, can it really be so much more expensive? I, I mean, presumably it can, but if you look at this sort of the total... Um, cost of producing any of these things. How much of it is actually the socket, and how much of it is the rest of it? You know, I mean, if you if you look at this stand, it's, it's obviously got a plastic casing. Well, once you've done the tooling for that, it's dirt cheap. But there has to be a circuit board in there as well. There has to, has to mm. be a coil for it to transfer the power to the phone. Um, how much is the socket? I can't believe the socket is is such a, a huge difference in price. I mean, now somebody will of course say it is, but and and there was something else I bought recently. I'm trying to remember what it was, but something else I bought recently was that was micro USB, and I was just sort of think, well, you know, if, if you want to actually 
move with with where things are going it will get there eventually i've no doubt but i, I just don't understand why you would produce something new now that uses micro usb maybe it's more justifiable on a, a desk stand but it it isn't so so justifiable on the mini snares or or on a, a phone that was launched you know in december 17 and uh, so i think they've they yeah they and until they get this standard right, that, that I suppose is the crux of it, isn't it? That the standard isn't a proper standard because, you know, one, one plus stick an extra, extra wire in there and, and turbocharge all of their phones. Some of the other phones use a different configuration. I know I've got cables that will fast charge some of my phones and, and not others. Um, uh, so the one that comes to mind is that the Galaxy Note will charge on, um, one cable I've got absolutely it fast charges and on the other it doesn't. Where, whereas, other phones I've got are, are, are not discriminating between the two, so it, it does need more more of an effort to standardise. Mm. I think. I think Apple did a re- did a real benefit for USB C by launching the new MacBook Pros and the new MacBook with just USB C. Yeah. Um, so I think they've done all they can, but uh, other uh, industry uh, manufacturers haven't necessarily followed suit. So. Uh, Microsoft released their Surface laptop this year without a USB-C socket on yeah. it at all, either for charge or for yeah, data. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, it is especially, a bit. especially how much I, the form factor is, is dictated by the size of that that, that USB-C uh, USB socket. I mean, I've, I've got um, a Dell laptop. I can never remember which one it is. It's one that sort of changes to be a tablet as well, and and that's got two USB-C sockets. And and as a result, it's much thinner than the the Surface that I had for a short while. And and all right, thinness actually isn't everything. There's things about thinness I really don't like. But but in the case of something like this, it, it makes it really no no thicker than a, a tiny bit thicker perhaps than an iPad. Whereas the uh, Surface is a much bulkier thing. Hmm. And I also think that the phone manufacturers should ditch the USB-A connector on their power yeah. uh, uh, bricks. And I, the one thing that I don't know here is, is it like, are you not allowed in the spec to have a USB-A to USB-C adapter oh. such that you could have your power brick with USB-C, you have a USB-C to USB-C uh data and charging cable for all your phones and then to make sure that you can plug the phone into a legacy uh usb port you have like a usb c to usb a dongle um well well not not only is it is it surely allowed i'm using one right at the moment so so i think that must be uh, no issue i mean that the the microphone i'm using now is plugged into a, a dongle which takes it from usb a to usb c so so i'm talking about going the other way so yeah you're talking about the other way but i can't see why it wouldn't work the other way i mean maybe it wouldn't but mm. see so, so for apple for instance they really should be having a uh, a data cable in the new iPhone X, yeah. for instance, such that it can connect yeah. to their MacBook instead of Pro. selling it, selling it's, you a cable for a small fortune. I agree with you; they, they should be selling. Yeah. They should be selling it with a USB a B C to Lightning adapter, shouldn't they? Really, or, or the cable? Right? And if and if, given how they've gone so blatantly USB C on the laptops, why not go blatantly USB C on the uh, iPhones? I mean, obviously it's USB C to Lightning, but. Yeah, I mean, especially when they do sell that cable because I've I've, I've bought one, yeah. and you just think, well, yeah, I, I completely agree with you, James. It's it's not logical, is it? You'd think that they would say, well, I, I mean, this this whole situation with um, Apple and cables and dongles really is a bit of an embarrassment. I can't imagine that Steve Jobs yeah. would have allowed it to have been done this way. Um, you know, it, it it's just crackers that, that we have a situation where, you know, they do use a three and a half millimeter jack in their laptops, but they don't in their phones where, um, they don't provide the right uh, dongles to adjust. And, and sure, if you want to drive a new, uh, a new socket, and I think they're doing the right thing doing that and did us all a favor doing that. Why are these adapters so expensive? I mean, I was, I was listening to Dave uh, talking a little while back and he was sort of going, I've spent 200 pounds on adapters. Well, you know, my yeah. of that is sorry, forget it. I'm not. I'm not sort of willing to in, invest two hundred pounds in adapters. So if somebody wants to change a socket, they should have said, you know, five or each or something. I can't believe. I can't believe yeah. that at, at five pounds each, they wouldn't have been able to break even on that. Um, you know. So there we go. I think we're heading into a future of USB A, USB C, micro USB, and headphone jacks dotted around at random on various different devices forever from this point on unfortunately yeah yeah i'm now now thoroughly depressed about sockets well then
Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was mention of the P2 that uh, got us all talking about yeah. micro USB, but I think we can probably both agree, uh, you know, on this sort of uh, improvised award show that the Lenovo P2 would have to be at least the budget yeah. phone of the year or budget no, device. No doubt of the at year. all. And, and I, I, I don't know, but I think somebody has now hacked the Google camera onto it. Uh, and, and I think if that's the case, it, its camera was always, always really rather average. Um, the Google yes. camera is not the answer to everything, but it, it's likely to produce a significant improvement in the uh, in the camera. And that really was one of the few things that I didn't like about it. The camera really was very yeah. rare, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think that it works very well on uh, Android 6. And because of the battery life is so titanic on it, I'm wary of loading a custom ROM or even upgrading to NuGar, given that they didn't um, roll that out officially. But if uh, Lineage is officially supported or there is a good custom ROM for it, um, and you say that the Google camera works for it, then I might well, be tempted to uh, dust it down and uh, give it a real just workout. Don't, don't forget that they might not have rolled it out in the UK, but it was, but it was rolled out worldwide. I, I had, had it on NuGar. It was dead easy to do. Um, and it worked just fine. It didn't, ha- didn't affect the battery life or, or whatever. Um, so... You didn't have any no, bugs or anything? No, no. And, and indeed, uh, last I heard, it had got the November 2017 security update too. So, so okay. it, you know, it is being given quite a bit of love. I, th- I think... Okay, maybe it will get that. As far as, as Linus goes, I'm pretty sure in, in saying that, that you know, there is no official build for it. But I actually got as far as unlocking the bootloader and came to the conclusion that um, probably on this instance I wouldn't actually do something about it. I thought I'll I'll get Lineage on my Mi Max 2 which also isn't officially supported and I've got as far as unlocking the bootloader but I just haven't found the time to do it. But um, but no yeah. it worked just fine on, on Android 7 actually so okay. uh, yeah. And actually thinking about it you can't get Android 8 on Lineage no. yet anyway can no, so you? So I think if you went for that you'd be quite happy to be honest. Uh, so I'm going to maybe dig that yeah. out and have a go because the, the only thing um, that I like, you know, because when new releases of Android come out, everyone goes, oh, I must be on the latest version, I must be on the latest version. And then I really struggle to think of what features that have actually been introduced in that Android version that actually make it worthwhile. And there is one feature uh, that I've been using on the Pixel that I do think is really good, and that's the autofill, where it autofills the credentials yeah. a bit like LastPass, yeah, yeah. straight into the apps and into the web web pages and things like that. So... Uh, that's a reason why I would want Android 8 on all my Android devices. But up until that point, whether it's, and I know this, you know, irritates some people, but whether it's running Kit Kat, ice cream sandwich, no, not ice cream sandwich, uh, lollipop. lollipop, marshmallow, or nougat, it, you know, the difference to me, the major difference to me is how rich your emoji set is, basically going from five, six <laughs> through to seven. And yes, I love you my do. emojis, but it's not that big a no, deal, you know. No. I, I mean, to me, I, I, I don't worry too much about the latest security patch, although I know the November 17 one was actually particularly critical, wasn't it? It, it fixed a, a, a fundamental weakness. Um, and, and certainly, uh, if you think about things like the P2 being on that November 17 patch, when, when last I looked, I trying to remember what my note-8's on. I think it's something like August. It's nowhere near as, as up-to-date. Um, mm. So, yeah, it, it, I, I'm, I'm not dead set on having the latest version of, it, of anything on there, but the I don't want the security patches being months out of date. And, and, and no. yeah, that's that to me is a good reason why you might want to look at lineage. And... Um, Certainly, I, I wouldn't worry about putting putting uh, the the new car um, Lenovo release on the P2 because it, the rest of the world it was it was done as an up, update. So I don't really know why okay. um, three chose not to do it. And of course, in the process, you get rid of the the, the two or three small amounts of, of unwanted bloatware. So you know, it, I mean. Uh, that is interesting. Okay, I'll definitely pursue yeah. that then. Okay, so let's look a little bit higher up the range then. So if we're staying on phones, what would you say is your phone of the year? Can I do my most underrated phone of the year rather than my phone of the yeah. year? That that might be a might be a good idea. Um, my most underrated phone of the year is the HTC U11. Uh, HTC mm. U11 is an absolute joy to use um, and. Uh, it, it, it runs very nicely, the Google camera. I used it quite a lot when I was away on holiday in the autumn. Uh, and it actually gave me b- best of both worlds on the camera because I could use the Google camera if I couldn't be bothered to fiddle with the settings or if there was something that, that did need a bit of fiddling with the settings. It's It's got HTC's interface camera, which is extremely good. 
Um, but it's just a lovely phone to use. You know, it, it's got a really nice bright screen. It's nice and fast. It doesn't seem to f slow down. Um, it, it's one of those things you just kind of think, well, you know, feel, I feel rather sorry for HTC. Really, they produce a cracker of a phone. They don't have the the advertising budget. They don't don't get the chance to market it as well as uh, you know Samsung and LG and whatever. But actually, in many many ways, uh, this is my favourite phone of the year. You know. I, so what's it what's it got over a, an SA? Um, well, that is a good question. It just feels nice. I suppose I, lo I like HTC's skin a lot more. Um, it, it, it also yes. has to be said that it's also a lot more up to date than a, a, an S8 or a Note 8 at the moment. So I'll have a look and see what it is. But uh, I know this is on Oreo, which um, uh, I mean, let's have a look. Um, it's it, it's on Oreo, whereas um, the the Galaxy and the and the Note aren't, and it's on the November security patch. The Note 8's on the August security patch. Well. You know, mm, unusually, okay. I've got to say, I've had, had arguments with HTC about this before. And when I say arguments, I, I mean Twitter arguments with people who work at HTC when they're going, well, we're not really too worried about the security updates. And I'm going, well, you want me to buy any phones again? Um, and you probably don't really care whether I buy any phones again. But, you know, it is important to me. Well, so far, I think they've been doing every alternate one since uh, since this one came out. But it's it's just a lovely bright screen, lovely fluid display. Uh, I like the fact this one's dual SIM. Well, that's just a, a bit of luck um, because I got it second hand. Um, I, I wish the Note 8 were because I, you know, I travel quite a lot and a, a local SIM is quite quite a useful thing on many occasions. Um, but it's just it's a nice size in the hand. I mean, I suppose you could say it has bezels. Well, it does, but they don't really bother me. I'm not I'm not not totally freaked by bezels. I mean. Yeah, sometimes it's quite nice not to have much of a bezel, but in other ways it doesn't really matter. The, the fingerprint sensor is fast, the camera is great, the sound is good. There's nothing not to like about it. It just wasn't pushed enough at the right time, I think. Hmm. What colour did you get? Ah, for? well, I, I have the, the beautiful solar red one, which is also also the useful for one, blinding yeah. your enemies if they if they want to attack you. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it, it's the the self same one that starred in Gavin's review of it because I bought it. I bought yes, it when he, it's coming when back he finished now, it. Yes. Yeah. So, is that your uh, you know grab phone? The phone that you would grab walking out the house? Well, <laughs> yes and no. Um, if if I, if it's a work day, no, because my main sim isn't in it, and my main sim isn't in it because my Apple Watch keeps me stuck with an Apple. Um, so. Uh, it's not the one that I automatically grab. It's the one that I take when I'm not at work and I'm out of the out for the day and that sort of thing. Um, it's the one I enjoy using the most. Yeah, it might be nice. It might be nice if it had a second zoom lens or something. That I guess you do miss that a bit. Um, but for my use, I'm I'm just really happy with it. It's a really nice device to use. I think HTC have done a great job with it. So so to me, that's the most underrated phone of the year. Okay, Richard. So that's your underrated phone of the year i think it might go uncontested because i don't think i've got an uh, underrated phone of the year i think my uh, se has been uh, given a good workout as i've switched that over to my work phone now mm. so uh that has been you know it's been really good to know that you've got a a top-notch work phone because before i was uh, struggling on with the 5C and then I had a, uh, a quick little stint with the 5S so it's good to be on a work phone that's really uh, nippy so that I'll have to put that one in there. Yeah I'd agree SE is a great phone isn't it I mean I, I've, I've got an SE and it still comes out when I'm going to a party or something just because you know you've got a good reliable phone and, and you know by, by the time you've sort of set it up properly it gets all the sort of incoming stuff for the other phone anyway so anyway is it time for unexpected star of the show now? Dave Hello, how are you? Pretty good. Yeah, we're good. Good to see you, though. So you've come in halfway through our uh, awards of 2017. Uh, so, so far, uh, we've given the U11 the uh, underrated phone of the year. And uh, we started off with the Lenovo P2 with the uh, budget phone of the year. So let's move on to sort of top phone of the year. And uh, as you're... First in, we'll start with you, Dave. So what would you say is your phone of the year? Right. So before I, I do phone of the year, I do have two sort of off-the-cup submissions, just two uh, oh, unexpected that. ones that I have used that I'm actually, actually quite liked. I, I use them uh, through work, so I had a couple of weeks with them. The Nokia 3, mm -hmm. okay, so very much budget-orientated, and the Motorola G4 Plus. 
They both mm. they both struck me because these were purchased because they were very cheap, and uh, they both struck me actually that they weren't too bad because we bought uh, we got a sort of a candidate of maybe ten to fifteen lower end phones in, and these were the two standout from that range. So we're talking G fives, Alcatel Idol, Pop. Uh, five, are they five? Are they or something? Something like that. We we got a load of budget range in, and the ones which struck me as actually being pretty usable and quite nice was the G4 Plus and the Nokia Three. So there's my little submissions there. So that G4 Plus tempted me a few months ago because it was one of these phones that's both dual SIM and has a micro SD slot, or at least there is at least one SKU where you can have a dual SIM and a micro SD slot. So you rated that G4 Plus, did you? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, really liked it quite a lot. I think for me, it was the screen. Because um, I, like I said, I used the G5 and I, I thought yeah. that was pretty pokey. It was a pretty pokey screen pretty dull and quite slow actually at certain tasks but the um the g4 plus the, the screen was nice bright vibrant it was quite zippy and i don't know i don't know whether it was the extra size over the g5 but it actually made it feel quite usable um and, and the same with the nokia I, I, it's a low-end phone i think we paid 99 pound for them but crikey, it's not bad for £99. That's interesting. So we haven't really covered the Nokias that much, but you think that that Nokia 3 was pretty good? I mean, that was one of the ones that was on sale in the Black Friday sales, wasn't it? Yeah, felt really, really solid. Like I said, judging this on a £99 price mark, yeah, yeah, really solid, pretty quick, and a low-end, very, very usable. Like I said, we got probably a, quite a spread of low-end budget handsets in. And like the Honor 6X and all all that. Well, I suppose that's sort of mid-range. But even compared to like the Honor 6X, I thought those two performed pretty sterling. I thought the 6X was quite laggy at times. And the screen, because they'd gone for sort of a higher DPI on it, everything was slightly too small and awkward. Mm. Um, Mm. So, yeah, two standout stars, really, for me, those two. Okay, so maybe you've brought a little bit of faith back to us uh, considering the budget phone segment post brexit we thought all hope was lost but you're saying that there's still a few bargains to be had a couple of gems just hidden away just got to look james Ah, okay so uh let's move up the scale then so what would you say overall is your sort of phone of the year so i'm gonna say iphone 10 aren't i (laughs) i'm going to say i had a 7 plus didn't i before and i really same as me I, i liked that but we've just recently got the wife the seven and I've never had any exposure to that. And I'll tell you what, that actually stacks up pretty nicely, to be fair. I actually quite like the form factor. If I was saying that the iPhone ten wasn't last year, it's more next year, I'd probably say the 7, to be honest. Yeah. See, so that, that's yeah. interesting because my, my dad has just completely surprised me after years of saying he didn't want a smartphone. And he went out and bought himself an iPhone 6S. Mm. And, and actually, having having had a seven, I thought, well, you know, the seven wasn't such a big upgrade from the six S. I mean, he's 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 happy with that. If if I were buying a second phone that wasn't an SE, I think actually he, he probably made the right choice, which uh, which I was you know obviously obviously pleased about because he's a he's let's see, he's eighty six. It's not not a small buy for him, but um, you, you know, it, it really is a great phone that phone. So so the seven, yeah, that 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 size is a good size. I, I think me and James touched on it in the last episode, Richard, uh, when we were talking about going from the 6S to the 7, I think that's an underestimated upgrade, to be honest. Mm. I think if you're doing it at the time, so when the 7 first came out, then yeah, okay, it's a lot of money. Why are we going from this sort of 6S to the 7? But I think doing it now, that it's the, all the prices have gone down and there's a newer model, I think actually the price difference actually yields some quite nice little upgrades because i've noticed that the screen on that seven compared to the success is stonking really it's amazing yeah because i didn't notice it at the time with my seven plus because it was a total different form factor but that wide color on the screen and the extra brightness it's really really is pretty pretty nice so i'd say you'd say the seven is is worth the upgrade from the success now it is yeah maybe at the time when it was sort of full flagship price maybe not but certainly now a few years down the line, because they're still doing the 6S and they're still doing the 7. And well, they're, they're very price... clever, haven't they? What they've done, they've now got an entire range of iPhones start to go about 350 quid. You know, it's uh, you know, in nice increments all the way up from, from the SE, the 6S, the 7, the 8, 
Um, you know, they've, they've really segmented it quite well, I think. Yeah, definitely. Price to performance and that having, as well, having that non-movie home button is, um, if you know what I mean, they, they went to the sort of tactic engine home button on the 7. Seeing that used in sort of real-world purposes, not by any mobile enthusiasts who sort of take really good care, that is one major weakness I noticed, the wife's getting sticky, getting stuck, and, and just when it starts to get like that, it slows the whole phone down because you're pushing the button and it's sticking. Um, so ha- no, having that tactic, that haptic or whatever they call it, feedback on it, I think that's that's just a massive upgrade in itself, the speed that that gives you. Um, sort of smashing around the interface. Uh, yeah, it's nice. I'm I'm taking with that. I'm, I'm going to say the seven. Definitely say the seven. Save ten till next year. There you go. Then that's a surprise, isn't it, James? So I well, I think I I kind of get where he's coming yeah, from me, here because I was thinking I was thinking about what my um, phone of the year, and I was thinking, well, the phone that's given me the most delight over the year as a whole has been the seven plus. Yeah. And I've not really used the the 10 in earnest yet. You know, I've used it uh, mainly because I've I've had problems with returning my original one and I have settled on a new one now, but it's been quite an arduous process. So I haven't really used the 10 in many scenarios yet. It's still pretty new to me. So, yeah, if I was going to say, you know, a winner for me, I think I'd go for the 7 Plus just because of that's the phone that's given me the most uh, pleasure this year. But I suppose I am expecting the 10 to exceed it in every area. So, yeah, notionally, I, I probably would say the 10, but certainly the 7 Plus is, has been a fantastic phone for me this year. Certainly comes summer anyway. Once summer comes, we can start getting out there with the cameras. Yeah. Give yeah, it that, some... that, there's truth in that, isn't there? I mean, I mean, I've not really had a chance to use my 10 in much ang- uh, anger yet. Um, I, I got it for all sorts of reasons. One, being brutally honest, was I needed to raise some money, and I got it on the uh, upgrade program, and I thought, well, if I'm getting a new one, I might as well get a 10 as, as a, another 8+. Plus. Um, and it, you know, it raised it raised a bit of cash when I was short of it. Um, it, it I don't know. There's bits of there's bits of it that I really really like the ten, and then there's other bits of it that I think, well, I don't know. I think in some ways I prefer the eight eight plus. You know, it's um it's an interesting device. There's lots of lots of good things. I like I like the width of it actually. I, I, I now I know I have this. I think yeah, this is more comfortable in the hand than the uh, eight plus or the seven plus were before it. On the other hand, I make far more mistakes on the keyboard, and I guess that's just a case of being used to it. I've had it about. Um, Three four weeks now, I suppose something like that. It, it, yeah, and, and I still make mistakes typing. It's 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 noticeably more more sort of fiddly. But I think that's just a case of I had the six S plus, I had the seven plus, I had the eight plus. It's a size that I was used to, and this is just that little bit narrower. So I, I I'm hoping at least that will resolve itself fairly soon. But the the biggest problem I've had with the ten is is my car kit. Um, I've got a um, a Nissan Qashqai. Um, I've never ever had any problems with the car kit, but the problem I'm having with the 10 is that the, uh, I can hear the other half of a phone call or audio from the, from say Spotify absolutely perfectly, but anybody I make a phone call to, I'm completely lost in the crackling. You know, even if I start shouting, I can't be heard the other end. Um, and apparently this is a known problem with the, the 10 and I've got to take it into a dealer and there's a software upgrade. Well, you know, don't take terribly kindly to the fact I've got to waste a couple of hours down at a car dealership just getting an upgrade because something's been done to tinker with the Bluetooth. I mean, yeah, clearly Apple have got to make the phone Apple have got to make, but it, it, it's the only phone I've got that doesn't work in the car. And, and at the moment, I've got <clears throat> phones sitting on my desk and that all of the rest of them were absolutely fine. So I'm not, not totally thrilled with it at the moment, I must say. No, that's a little bit awkward, isn't it? I do have a car audio problem as well, but it's completely different. Uh, so the way I use the car audio in my car is because I don't normally take phone calls in my car, but what I do do is listen to a lot of music and a lot of um, podcasts and things. In fact, that's pretty much all I listen to in the car. And so what I do is I've got a USB to lightning cable in there. It plugs into USB and then I plug the lightning into the phone and it kind of does a uh, digital uh, playback through the cut through the um car's usb and it comes up with all the album art and everything on the uh, heads up display in the middle of the car and it's like a really nice integration when it works and recently i think it's been coinciding with 
uh, iOS 11, but it's certainly happening on the iPhone 10, is that it's not working and it drops out and you have to unplug it and replug it. And I'm thinking, surely this USB interface through the Lightning has been standard since, I don't know, iOS X uh, and has been stable the last couple of years I've been using it and all of a sudden I'm getting these dropouts and problems and the uh, artwork disappearing and all this kind of thing and I'm wondering mm, are they either going to fix it on the phone or you know am I going to have to do a firmware update of the car which I've tried and failed to do previously so yeah I'm kind of in a similar it, it, situation it, it, although it's it's very interesting what you say like you've got an answer and I'm not sure what well, my answer I is yet know, I have got a complete answer but I'm, what I've noticed is that since I upgraded to um uh, iOS 11.2, I've got a problem with background music. Um, I sit there with my AirPods on and I'm listening to some music and all is fine. And the moment the screen goes to sleep, the music goes to sleep. Um, and, and I was looking around all the settings last night and, and I can't find anything to do with keeping the music awake when the screen is off. Uh, you know, every setting I can find looks like it's set properly for the music to continue when the, the screen goes off. But, you know, it, it, the moment the screen goes off, the the music dies. So l- last night I was, you know, I, pl- I plugged the air- well, connected the AirPods up to a different phone, um, and and it was just fine. So yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's probably teething problems, but it, it, I do find that quite frustrating. You know, it, it shouldn't work like that. And and you, obviously, if you want to listen to some music, you don't want to keep switching the screen on every thirty seconds because even when you switch the screen back on, you've still got to press play again. It's actually it's actually stop the stop the player. So there's something not right there. Doesn't this suggest that you've got a Bluetooth problem on your phone rather than in your car? Well. That's the other question, isn't it? It's possible, but but the the issue with that is that I had exactly the same problem with the eight plus before um, before I took that one back and got the ten. So I think it's an iOS eleven uh, problem, to be honest. Yeah. So is it? It plays fine in the background if it's just playing through the speaker on the phone. Yeah, I take yeah, it. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, fine. But but the moment that it it, it um, I'll say yes. Actually, I'm, I don't know. I've done that for a little while. I will I will put something on quietly in the background and tell you in a moment. But certainly when you're saying that you're trying to listen to it over Bluetooth, over the earpods, then it, it does cut out when the screen goes back. Yeah. Now that's interesting. That's been... Oh, is this Christmas, is it? <laughs> yeah, it was. But that's interesting because that's actually connected to my uh, Amazon Echo without me telling it to. <laughs> so... Yeah, Amazon Echoes are good for that, though, because I had the dot. This is the beauty of Bluetooth, isn't it? You have no idea whether it's going to play out <laughs> of a Bluetooth speaker, the right Bluetooth speaker, or or whether it's just going to play out of the phone's uh, what, headphones. What I was hoping was that it would play something quietly and I could say, it's done this. And so I just picked some Christmas music, but uh, it, it does seem to be like trying to turn the volume right down. Well, it's brought a bit of festive cheer anyway. To yeah, it gives us a gives us an insight into your Christmas parties. I'll do about that. <laughs> it's a bit of Mariah Carey. It was <laughs> now. Okay, the screen's on now. Now let's see what happens. You watch the screen will now go off, and the music will continue playing, and, and it will prove phone. you a liar. Exactly. Yeah, Mariah's winding up nicely now, isn't she? That was just putting Christmas into Spotify, so that's what I got first. How long does it take before the screen goes off, anyway? 30 seconds, <laughs> Depends what you've set so it, it must for, be any, yeah. any minute now, then, or any right. moment now. Let's do the 30 seconds. But if you're looking at it, I think it stays on. Right, I'll put it over there, then. So now we've reset. Yeah, certainly... Or else we can just carry on with the podcast with Christmas music in the background. The background yeah. Very uh, festive. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of problems though with iOS 11 to be perfectly honest um, and I'm not going to bash it as much as some people have bashed it because a lot of the little niggly bugs don't really crop up in everyday usage No, uh, but we had the iCloud song and dance where suddenly all so on the wife's new 7 with iOS 11 we imported the we turned on photos and there's a, she's got 11,000 photos on there but they're all sort of in the cloud and optimised but she was going to these photo booths print them off and every time she clicked on a photo to go to the share sheet to share it with the printer or even just me to see if I could do it it said um, ever preparing this phone this photo or something like that um, basically do one uh, so it, it wouldn't actually bring it down so I thought the genius that was me was let's sign out of the iCloud, sign back in, and then she didn't have any of her photos. And could I get it to sync back up? I uh. could not. So two days of her being very annoyed, telling me that she'd lost all her photos, and me saying, "Don't worry, they're not. They're there in the cloud. Look, we can see them on the Mac." Uh, they released that eleven point two point one, 
Mm. And um, it suddenly they suddenly started popping back after that. So I don't know what was causing that, whether it was the more issues. But again, that was another problem. She kept saying to me, mm. I'm coming home and my lights aren't turning on. Why are the lights not turning on? Are they turning on for you? And I'm like, of course. But she's a remote user and Apple found a flaw in the yeah, remote. Yeah, they did, didn't of, they? And they disabled yeah. it. So obviously 11.2.1's brought that back. But her not being able to have the lights or the heating or anything like that activate every time she got home. Um, having, having no heating activated it would be a bit better than us, but you can't just have the screen still hasn't gone off, which is rather frustrating. I don't understand why. Because it was what about if you just turn the uh, to, turn the screen to, off manually, or was that not yeah. the uh, issue? No, well, no, it was doing, it, it, I was just leaving it, it was going off. Right, the screen is now off and it's still playing music. Oh, God. Yes. Nothing like that is, uh, ever happens, does it? Uh, it's down to user error. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, it's that or it doesn't like the AirPods. Anyway, I'll switch it off now. There's only so much of Christmas jingly music you, you need at any <laughs> one time, and, and uh, I'm sure that it'll make for a better podcast if we don't have Christmas music in the background all of the time, won't it, so... But no, it's not. I, I don't know. I, 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 I suppose I thought from the way some people had raved about it that I would be really wowed by it. Whereas actually, I think yeah, there's some nice things here. Do I think they're actually really worth an upgrade from from the eight? I don't know that they are. Um, but then I did it for a different reason. So uh, it, it it's nice. It will slot in, and I think by this time next year we'll all be saying yeah. It's the phone of the year. It's just fitted in nicely. I can't use these home buttons anymore. Touch, do you know what I mean? So, I think we need to give it a chance. It's it's sort of stepped into the shoes of a very capable phone, and it's doing its job perfectly well. It just hasn't sort of made, hasn't had chance to make its mark and bring its sort of changes to the role. If that yeah, makes sense, I think that's that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. And, and Face ID, I have to say, is very, very good. I, I am impressed with that. I, um, yeah. I'm laughing because I've just had a text message. It, it, it's from Apple. Hello, the first payment on your Barclays Partner Finance account through Apple Retail Solely Hall is due on the 25th of December and we'll take payment of our direct debit on or just after this date. Happy Christmas to you as well. Yeah. <laughs> It's a nice little Christmas message from Apple. <laughs> That's quite amusing, isn't it? Really, um, but I mean, that was that was the reason that I I, I went for the ten. Uh, you know, it, it turned up in the local store, and I thought, well, actually, this is a chance to to refinance the uh, the eight plus because unfortunately, I needed some uh, fairly urgent r- work done on the roof, and uh, that seemed rather more important than having having a, a, the same iPhone. Um, and it was it was yeah. an obvious possibility. And the other thing as well is. Um, I've managed through hook and crook to be away abroad every single year on Apple ordering day for the last four years. And I thought this year I've, I've cracked it. I'm not going away till November. So what happens? Um, well, actually October. Uh, what happens is they announce that the 10 pre-ordering will take place exactly when I'm away. In fact, I was in Greece. It took till 20 past 10 for the, the site to open. Of course, by then it was talking six weeks. So I thought if I get on the upgrade program, you get the chance to pre-order and jump the queue. Uh, so. That was that was my excuse anyway. I thought it was a good one at the time. It'll just have to do now. Yep, I think that's a good uh, a good enough excuse. Are we are we going to award Face ID as the innovation of the year? Then no, I'm not so sure about that. Maybe is the answer. But I've got a piece of piece of software that I'm tempted to uh, award innovation of the year. Can, can can we sort of still give the AirPods that award, even though they've been out? Is this the second year that we're going into now? I don't think we have any hard and fast rules, so you're welcome to award the AirPods that uh, particular award. I've got to say, I still th- still think that the AirPods are back, which I will freely admit I was hugely sceptical. I still think they're the best gadget I've bought in the last 12 months. The The elegant way in which they work, the way that they recharge themselves in their case, uh, you know, you never run out of them. I'm lucky they fit my ears perfectly. I can shake my head from side to side. They don't fall out. I like the fact there's still ambient noise because I'd rather not get run over by by missing the car, reversing off a drive or whatever. Um, and and actually, for me, they work brilliantly. I, uh, you know, occasionally they're not so great for making a phone call, but I've had several occasions where the phone's gone. I've just answered it and only realised afterwards I was on AirPods. Um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't want to be without them. Uh, I, I really think Apple have got these completely right. So you know, well done to them. AirPods winners. Yeah, I would undoubtedly award the AirPods that award if they could fit and stay in my ears, which unfortunately they can't. I've got the Beats X, which do stay in my ears, but they're not quite as slick. So I think they miss, misses out just for I, me. I absolutely hate the, the earphones that go right into your ears with their sort of rubber grommets. 
And, and, and the reason for that is that um, I, I had the misfortune to have um, my son had uh, one of these where the, the grommet came off in his ear. Um, and basically had a, a rather sort of worrying sort of 20 minutes getting it out. <laughs> um, mm. and, and it just goes, gives me the creeps. But also, more to what, I don't like the losing all of the ambient sound. Um, I don't have, yeah. I, I've got actually quite good hearing, but I suffer from tinnitus. And what I find if I block the ambient sound out is that the, the whistling noise gets much louder. Yeah. Uh, so I can't actually yeah. enjoy what I'm listening to. So for me, they're perfect. I, I, I really rate them. Yeah. I know where you're coming from there completely. Yeah. But my, my other, my other, my other shout is, is the Google camera. Um, especially now that it's been uh-huh, hacked yes. and spread around around the internet. I mean, I was saying earlier with the U11, the Google camera on the U11 is is spectacularly good. And, and indeed, on the U11, it gives you the choice of the Google camera if you just want to point and shoot, or or HTC's own camera. Um, and uh, every every phone that I've used a hacked version of the Google camera on has produced a noticeable increase in the, the, the quality of the photographs, ease of use, uh, and so on. To, to, to the extent it's making me very lazy, because, you know, I, I, I'm quite capable of spending time with the Note, for example, uh, playing with the, the settings to get the exact picture I want, whereas what tends to happen with the Google camera is you point it, shoot it, and play with it in Snapseed afterwards, which, you know, is a, is a yeah. perfectly reasonable way of doing it. But, but what they have achieved with that software... I think is astonishing. I really, really do. It produces almost perfect pictures so much of the time. It isn't worth worrying about those occasions when it doesn't almost. And so, so it's between that and Face ID for me in terms of innovation, in terms of, of day to day use, I guess Face ID is in many ways the thing that's best. But the thing that I actually sort of do hobbying with and, and the thing that drives me to try new phones all the time. Is is the is the is the photographic aspects of it? So Google Camera would probably be my nomination for software of the year. Yeah, I think I'll go along with that. I think uh, that Google Camera software is quite incredible at the moment in terms of how how much better a photo taken uh, with that Google Camera is versus uh, an equivalent sensor with an equivalent you know knocked together. Uh, camera app it's really quite spectacular i think there's two other things to say about that and and, and that is as well that, that google have just in the last few days activated the extra chip in the pixel uh, that that effectively gives them a much higher power um uh, isp doesn't it and are you are you noticing any difference well, to, there because i can't see any to be difference. honest i haven't had the chance to use it yet but uh, i will have the chance in the next two or three days um but but i i, I still wonder whether the u11 is basically the same image as a pixel um so certainly certainly up to, to date with it before that that's uh, 8.1 upgrade on the on the pixel i can't yeah. i can't see any discernible difference between pictures on the u11 and, and the pixel 2 now, whether, um, you know, I take this away for a few days in the future and, and take some pictures with the Pixel 2, whether I'll then look at it and go, gosh, these are even better. Oh, I don't know. But, but it, the thing that I think the Pixel, uh, the Google camera gives Google is a, a, a technological lead that it's going to be very, very hard for anybody else to catch up with because they yeah. are relying on their massive pool of, of photographs on Google Photos yeah. to get this right every time and and certainly when you when you sort of take the picture and, and you can watch it being improved before it sort of stops it, it sometimes is astonishing yeah. what the, what that camera is doing it's hilarious because if you take a photo with a sony phone you see the same thing in reverse so if you <laughs> i see it with my uh, z3 compact you take a photo you look at it in the gallery it looks pretty good and then you see all that post-processing that Sony does and it kicks in and it completely ruins the photo. And you just think, give it, give me back that original photo. Your processing has just completely ruined it. And I guess that is the difference between a sort of machine learning, intelligent based uh, optimization and a we just think we need to crank up the uh, edge enhancement and the uh, you know, all the contrast and everything else in a very sort of fake way. The difference is quite startling. Yeah, so I, I, that, that's, that's I think, probably, especially now so many dedicated people are hacking it onto even budget phones and getting a huge improvement. I, I think that's my, my probably the, the yeah. biggest change of the year. But but Face ID, yeah, I was, again, I'm sure Sure, if, if Nick is listening to this, uh, he'll be laughing because yet again I've said, oh, no, I'm really, not really sure about that, and now I'm totally sold on it. Well, yeah, okay, that's right. So I just take a little bit longer to come to the party perhaps than some people. But I, I do think 
Face ID is a is a, a really impressive achievement, and and I've had one or two friends very skeptical about it, and they couldn't get into it. So it, it certainly does seem to work in a way that, that some of the others don't. Um, whether I wish there was still a fingerprint sensor, perhaps I do. I don't think I'm too fussed to be honest. I I, I did think so. No doubt, in twelve months' time, everything will have a variety of Face ID, um, and we're going to have moved on yeah. from fingerprint sensors. And I, well, I think on the Android side, you will get that combination of Face ID in inverted commas and um, the fingerprint sensor. I think the 5T is showing the way that I imagine it'll get done next year, which is you keep your fingerprint sensor for security and you have your face unlock for your semi-security uh, unlock of the actual phone. And I'm quite happy with that setup if that does uh, come to pass. Yeah. yeah, I think I am too, to be honest. How about you, Dave? So, I like Face ID. Do I want a fingerprint sensor? Not really that bothered. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm over that now. Um, fa- don't get me wrong, Face ID fails very a lot for me, a lot. And I think that's just the situations that I'm using it in. Either I'm off-center or um, I've got my hood up or something like that. Um, so, it does fail probably a lot more than Touch ID has ever done. However, are you with beard at the moment? No, not at the moment. No. Um, what what was it? It I found. So I found. So let's say I'll be having a can uh, a, a bottle of Budweiser, and I'll be drinking my Budweiser, yeah. and I'll just be sipping it as I'm trying to unlock it with Face ID, and that will throw it off because obviously there's a bottle in front of face. Is that because you're drinking so often that the bottle never leaves the frame of the Face ID sensor? <laughs> Maybe, and it's it's recalibrated now to actually yeah, think that... It assumes that there's going to be a bottle there now. Yeah, so it, it doesn't work every single time, but I still wouldn't go back for the simple fact that I, I don't miss it. I, it's, it's hard to say because people are saying, well... I'll, you know why wouldn't you go back it doesn't work for you it's it's just as easy to put in a code when it doesn't work and for the times that it does work um i, I do enjoy it to be perfectly honest i don't use apple pay with it because i use my watch and i'd say apple pay is something that i use probably 97 percent of the time i'm paying for something so I, I very rarely take my wallet with me anywhere um because everywhere that i shop takes apple pay and i'm not making huge purchases all the time um obviously shopping and things like that the wife has her purse so it's interesting i think people sort of tend to um be very into things like apple pay and android pay or, or not at all i mean I, you know when it first came out i used it also quite excitedly for a week or two and then I mean, in practice i never use it at all now uh you know i i, I guess that's partly because um i tend to to put my spending money on, on um, one of these uh, prepaid cards uh which has the great advantage of not spending stuff accidentally but i'm always worried about you know contactless stuff being lost and whatever so I, I, i've just got a um, a revolute card um and that doesn't do apple pay yet although i suppose it will do presently but it, it the, the whole sort of idea you know of of pit pulling out of your pocket an expensive phone and waving it around so everybody can not only see you've got it but also where you're putting it back into i'm just a bit sort of wary of that really I, I, i'm quite i mean i know the next comment is well they're going to get your wallet out and show them the same thing true enough i just don't it, it's just never really kind of appealed to me i should give it another go won't i it, for me it's just a convenience factor i i i don't carry a wallet in the pocket in my pocket it stays in my sort of grab bag in the car so it just stays there whereas mm. the watch is always on um the phone is always with me and i, I don't use like i said i don't use the phone because the, the watch is just so convenient and whenever i go shopping i'm only you know buying maybe beer or snacks or you know what i mean i'm not spending really above 30 pounds yeah that's um, the thing i suppose it's what you what you're doing isn't it yeah I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get away from having my wallet in my left front pocket Oof. and my keys in my right front pocket. It's just kind of how I live my life. I've always got that. In fact, if I check my pockets, I oh know they're both empty at the moment, but if if I was during if it was during the day and I was out and about, I would always have my wallet and my keys on me at all but, times. But yeah. why do you need a big bulky wallet? I mean, you're 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 in a sense this wallet is oversized for what it's actually doing so the wallet is as small as you can get practically so it's two it's it's the size of two debit cards okay. oh, that's, folded that's up on not, each other that's not a wallet then that's more of a i'm not going to say purse sort of a 
card holder? Uh, it's a little bit bigger than a card holder because I've seen some of these sort of modern wallets in inverted commas that are literally just uh, card holders. So this is a little bit more than just a card holders, but it's but it's fairly small and it's certainly no. I don't I don't feel it's any hardship just to bring out my wallet take out my debit card and use that to swipe onto the machine. I think I'm the same as Richard. I think maybe if I force myself to use Apple Pay, I'll start using it more and more. And maybe I'll go through a tipping point where I just use it all the time. But at the moment, yeah, I just grab my debit card out my wallet. And as a geeky, techie, mobile phony person, um, I guess it's just a little bit weird that uh, you know paying for stuff with my phone just hasn't become a natural instinct mm, yeah i'm exactly the same it just hasn't and I, I think people just sort of suddenly will switch you know and and, and of course it's true i mean that's the other thing I, I don't think i can remember more than once or twice ever seeing anybody else paying with their phone that's the, that's the other thing i think um, i think it no i think it's confidence in knowing that where you go is contactless and, yeah. and once you yeah. once you've got that and i, I sort of know that Everywhere I go, there will be. I mean, okay, there'll be occasional service station or where if I'm stopping somewhere that I don't usually pass through, but probably I've mapped out everywhere I go is now contactless. So the, the irony of it is, I hate contactless. I've I've actively tried before now to stop banks issuing me contactless cards, um, but I've, ultimately I've given in on, on things like the, the the Revolut card, which is contactless, and I actually use that quite a lot because I I don't, I don't think I, I don't understand, for example, why. Um, Barclays uh, business will give me a, a debit card with contactless on it that, that somebody can find and use half a dozen times, but won't allow me to have Apple Pay on a single signatory account. Um, but but mm. they refuse it, and I suppose um, that's partly it. Some, sometimes I'm spending stuff for work and I can't use Apple Pay because they won't allow it, um, and I've sort of kind of ring fenced my risk on on contactless into a card that has got a, a small balance on it at any one time, so the actual push to want to do it is is very small. The way contactless has worked, it doesn't communicate. Does it contact the bank straight away? So I, I thought that there's still that element of risk that sometimes you don't necessarily have to contact that they don't have to contact the bank to take the payment. If that makes mm. sense. Or am I just totally making I'm it almost, up? I reckon that they don't under certain circumstances because if you use a touch uh, debit card in a Waitrose Mini that I use quite a lot, it spits the receipt out almost instantaneously. And I can't imagine that it's contacted the bank and checked my balance in that time. No, and, and it's like pay at the pump as well. That doesn't, that doesn't debit the account instantaneously does it it take it just takes a pound to actually make sure that the accounts are active and I, I don't know whether it does something similar to that because uh, then a couple of days later pay at the pump sort of takes it out after that because um, yeah. the, the pound sort of says yeah you know you, you can take it here's an authorization so regardless of whether the balance is there or not it would still take it so i don't know whether that is exactly the same with uh, contact it's a it's a good subject i think i might have a yeah put my head into it at some point something to look into I think if we're talking about um, innovations of the year, I think that we've seen, we've continued to see a lot of uh, innovation around the delivery space. And I'm certainly happy with the number of these Amazon lockers and other third party lockers that are popping up everywhere. So I've now got a real easy choice when I'm getting stuff delivered. I can either get it sent to a locker actually in my work or I can get it sent to a locker that's in a, a nearby service station and I find that so handy. Yeah, yeah. I, I do too. Um, I, I mean, and the occasions where I think, oh, drat, you know, I, I meant to do that and, and I forgot to, um, it, it tells me that I make quite a lot of use of that because it, it's that much more convenient, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And I do want to see a lot of the other delivery uh, the other sort of mail order companies using it rather than just Amazon, because it seems to be Amazon that's embracing it. But uh, more and more, I'm finding myself ordering stuff off other retailers, and it would just be nice for there to be a little bit more of consistency around being able to deliver to one of these lockers. I got a little, little. Well, I got a, little, a, a slightly different tack on on something, and that is um, discontinued service of the year. Because mm, let me try and have guess a, it. Have, a, have a guess. It's actually something I saw on, on the BBC this morning. Bit sad, really. Mm, no, I'm not sure I'm going to yeah, guess yeah, it. Not going to guess it. How about you, Dave? Any any bright ideas? Nope. <laughs> well, well, there you go. That's uh, that's 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 a, a nice short topic of conversation. Discontinued service of the year. 
Um, Belgium ends 19th century telegram service. Apparently, in Belgium, it's still possible to send a telegram up until December the 29th, which, when you think the UK gave it up in 1982 and uh, you know India gave it up in 2013, but in Belgium, until the end of December, you can still send a telegram and somebody will cycle around wow. and deliver it for you. Um, that is quite cool, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you think how old the telegram Hand is. delivered text well, message. Exactly. Well, exactly so. And it costs €23.75 for 20 words, plus 90 cents Ooh. for delivery in and around Brussels. It's not hard to see why textings are better, but there's a nice little article on the BBC website today uh, of, you know, famous telegrams being sent. And, uh, yeah, just it's just a little bit of nostalgia, really. It's a service that's been going for, what, 150 years or more and, and is really on its way out now i guess so the one thing that i did have discontinued i think i got it discontinued last year was same day delivery again from amazon Mm. but for a period of time almost any prime item i had same day delivery of in reading and then all of a sudden i think it was last year but it's i've certainly been without it this year Mm. um it just disappeared and went away and i did notice the other day that there was a couple of things uh, that were available very early in the morning, yeah. a couple of CDs and DVD type things that were available again for same day delivery. So I hope that's coming back to Reading. Um, and I also want to see it from other retailers as well. I think uh, Argos are really well placed now with their tie up with Sainsbury's to make some real inroads here. And they've kind of pioneered that same day delivery with the company Shuttle. Yeah. I don't know whether they bought them or it was them all along or. Um, they've got an equivalent service now, but Argos do quite a good line of same-day deliveries. And I think that that is definitely, um, there's still some innovation left in this mail-order space, this delivery space. It's good to see. Yeah, it's definitely progress, isn't it? Okay, so I think that that uh, is the end of our awards, unless anybody else has got any other honourable mentions. Nope, um, it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's time to knock off and get the party started, isn't it? Happy Christmas to one and all, and it's uh, goodbye from me. And goodbye. And goodbye from me. Happy Christmas, everybody. Mm-hmm.